Welcome to NRP's Leadership Conference podcast. Every February, pastors and leaders from around the country gather together at our Leadership Conference for dynamic teaching, powerful worship, impartation, ministry, and covenant relationships. Here's one of the recordings from our 2023 Leadership Conference. It is a privilege to be able to talk to you uh, today. It really is. It's it's a humbling uh, privilege to be able to speak to you. Um, uh, Before I get into um, what I'm going to share with you, I want to ask you a few questions just to make you think. Um, don't answer the questions, but just think about it. I've, I've built different worship teams throughout the years. I wasn't the leader necessarily, but I helped them put together a team, help train the leader and help get them going. Um, and one of the first things I'll ask a worship team when I meet with them is what music do you listen to? I've had all kinds of answers, but just think about that. What music do you listen to? If you're on a worship team, if you are a worship pastor, I hope you're listening to worship music. Some don't. Um, With regard to the songs you sing in your worship services, who are they for? And why were those songs chosen? Just think about that. Yeah, I really like this cool song on the radio. It's really great. It's in my key, and I'm just going to kill it. Is that a good way to choose what you're, what you're having your, your congregation sing? Chris said, I used to do Sandy Patty stuff, and you know Sandy Patty was in the rafters half the time. And um, when I started, when I would do a special of some kind, I could sing that stuff. But you don't, Sandy Patty, you don't lead worship like Sandy Patty. You'll have everybody shut down and go, what is she doing? I can't sing that. They would just shut down, right? So you have to adjust. There are certain worship leaders right now that they sing so high that most people, the average worship leader, pastor, has to lower the key anyway, right? And it's not just because we need to lower the key. That average congregation member is not singing Phil Wickham. Love it. And it right, he writes wonderful stuff. But that average guy out there that you're trying to reach can't sing in Phil Wickham's key. And probably your worship leader can't either. They're just gonna try. Um, um, several years ago it was probably in the early two thousands. I don't know if you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Chris said we had a 60-voice choir. We had a 10-piece band. Um, we were getting eight. 80-voice Okay. And I don't remember these things. You know, I just let it. Um, but anyway, we're getting ready to start a worship service. And I'm, you know, at the pulpit. We're getting ready to count off the first song. And one of our back, my background vocalists comes up to me and says, I need to tell you something. Well, my first thought was now. Like, we're getting ready to start the worship service. And you know, people do that. I need to talk to you about something. Right before you leave, you start, you know. And it's like, I'm thinking of leaving my husband. You know, and it, my dog, yeah, or, or something like that. And you're like, can we talk later, right? But anyway, he said, no, I have to tell you now. I'm like, okay. This is what he said to me. And I hope I can say it. He said, as you lead worship this morning, You are setting the table for the word to be served. 
And just let that sink in a little bit. You're setting the table for the word to be served. And then last Thursday, no, last Wednesday night, I was praying over this and I was <clears throat> going over that statement. That statement changed my life. It changed my perspective in worship leading. Um, but last Wednesday night, as I was thinking about it, and I was praying, the Lord gave me another piece. And he said, it's important to make sure that the right items are placed on the table and that they're put in the right place. So if you were setting a table for a banquet, you wouldn't put the, the glass right in front of you, the utensils in the middle and the plate to the side, right? That's not how you set a table. Typically, the plate is in the middle the glass is up front and the utensils are on a certain sides. I don't even know which side to go on, but certain sides, right? So not only what goes on the table. Now, we're crawfish eating people in Louisiana. So to set, <laughs> to set the table for crawfish, you do not use your fine china. It's the wrong stuff to put on the table. You put newspaper or you put like butcher paper, that brown stuff. Trash bags, so that when you're finished eating, you just roll everything up and throw it away, right? But if I was planning a, a banquet for uh, something at our, our church or whatever, I'm not putting newspaper on the table, right? So it's very important to put the right things on the table and in the right place, which brings me to what I feel like is the two most important things in worship leading. Other than... Your worship team and your worship pastor being right with Jesus. That's like number one. Like they love Jesus, they're born again, they're serving him, right? Of course. But the two most important things is song selection and song placement. Two very important things. And I started, when I started worship leading at 17, I would lead in big church while youth was going on. And then after I finished leading, I would go to the youth service. So in big church, we had a pianist and a vocalist. That's all we had. Still very important what songs I picked and where I placed them. So it doesn't matter if you have a piano and a vocalist. Sometimes we had a tambourine. Thank you, Jesus. Just think about that. But anyway, um, um, but it doesn't matter whether you have like, I don't have any, 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 I don't have a bunch of musicians. All I have is this set up. These are still the two most important things that you need to grasp in your selection, in your worship leading. So we're going to talk about some nuts and bolts. Okay. And, um, quite honestly, if you want copies of this outline, cause it's a lot of nuts and bolts, I'll make copies and just give them to you. I'll send them to you. We, we can connect that way. Um, Keep in mind that the song you sing in your worship services should be chosen to get the congregation, and Chris touched on it, from getting out of their car, coming into service, into the throne room. That's the journey you're taking. And there's times when I'm in a worship service and I'm wondering where this worship team is taking me. Like, am I going to end up in the throne room or not? Where, what's the journey that this, this worship team has taken me on? And that is something you need to put to prayer and, and give that to God so that you know where, where are we taking this, this, this team or this congregation. 
If you're in a business meeting, you're getting ready to discuss all the business of the church, you want something that's going to gather people, and you quite honestly don't want to get too deep into worship because you need to take care of business. On a Sunday morning, you want to get those people focused on him. You want to get them so they're not thinking about life, they're thinking about him, and then they're ready to receive the word because the table is set with the right things. Okay, the songs that you do in your worship service need to be singable. I mentioned that a little bit ago about the keys, you know, making sure that they were in singable keys and stuff. But things like not too wordy, like we just did in Christ Alone, and Chris asked me not too long ago, why have you never led this in worship? It's too wordy. <laughs> it's too wordy for our congregation that's not quite, you know, quite there. Because you, you want to reach, you got the first few rows, right? Don't you have the first few rows normally? They're there. They're there to worship. You got pretty much the whole room because you got a bunch of pastors in that room. But you want to reach that guy in the back that's going, hmm? You want to try at least at some point in your worship service to reach that person. So they need to be singable. And think about it. How many people engage in the verses? They do. They do. Because we sing verses. We don't just do all choruses. But when that chorus comes in, they're going at it. Right? And because it's singable and because it's easy to catch. Hopefully it's easy to catch. And, of course, I said, in the right keys. In Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, the word says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you notice in this passage, it talks about three types of songs. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What, how would you define a psalm? A song. What song? Yeah. Like they have them in the Bible? (laughs) How many of you sing songs that have words from the actual book of Psalms? I have learned so much scripture by singing scripture. It's phenomenal. Psalms are praise, prayer, worship, things like great are you, Lord, um, here for you, rest on us. Those are psalms. Those are prayerful songs. Those are um, praise songs. Hymns. How would you define a hymn? How would you describe a hymn to somebody? I'm sorry, what? Old and rich. Mm-hmm. What was Chris talking about before? The theology that's in a hymn. Yes, biblical principles. There are, are newer hymns. If you order a hymnal, anybody know what that is? If you would order a new modern hymnal, there's shouts of the Lord's in there. Um, How great is our God is in there. There's several, what? What a beautiful name is in there. So there are newer hymns, but they are typically story songs, testimonies. They are singing a lot about God. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. Well, I remember singing that when I was younger. 
That is not a worship song. Is it? No, I'm not saying you got my mansion. I'm not singing to him. I'm singing that, hey, guys, we've got a place in heaven. And I'm singing about the things of God and, and that kind of stuff. That is the hymns. What are spiritual songs? What would you say? Overflow. The spontaneous, Over, the spontaneous stuff, the overflow stuff. Those times where you um, are waiting on God in your worship service. If you're not waiting on God in your worship services, you're missing out on a lot. Give him, give the Holy Ghost space. Instead of just always singing the words on the screen, give the Holy Ghost space. And there's enough worship music out there. There's enough worship leaders that do spontaneous worship that you can learn how to do spontaneous worship. Read Psalms. Read Psalms. That's, that will broaden your, your um, spontaneous worship times. When you begin to just sing what you read last night. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Spontaneous songs. And if you stay in the, in the chord progression that you're in on, on that particular song, it's not hard to do. Some people get lost and they figure, oh, I can't do, I can't do that. I'm just going to, I'm probably jumping ahead of myself, but if you're not a worshiper, in private, you have no business being on the platform. We need to be worshipers with just us and Jesus. And then take it to the platform. Because I can't lead anybody any, anywhere that I haven't been. So when am I going to practice my spontaneous worship? In my bedroom. And I can mess up real bad and nobody's going to, because Jesus loves it. He probably laughs sometimes, but Jesus loves it. Because he just knows my heart. Right. He knows your heart. Right. That you're, you're desiring to do something and grow in your skill. And grow in your ministry. Okay, we're going to start breaking some stuff down a little further. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. There were three mentioned. There must be a reason for it. So let's, let's be, when you're looking at your song sets and when you're looking at music to bring into your worship time, have some fun and say, is this a hymn? Is this a psalm? What kind of song is this? Out of all the songs we can choose from, they fit into two categories. Horizontal songs and vertical songs. Horizontal is just between us. It's across the the corporate worship. Give me a horizontal song. Anybody? Just jump. Just try it. I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. Lion and Lamb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all horizontal. Anybody else? Horizontal song. Sorry. The blessing. What about How Great Is Our God? It's a great song. Yeah. But it's horizontal. We are totally the whole song singing about how great is our God. Those songs usually have words like him in it, our things like that to where we're talking about him. Chris said he would not go to Caitlin and scream at her and tell her how great of a baker she is. Right? He would also not go to her and say, he said it, my wife is a great baker to her. He wouldn't use that vernacular. Right? So there's the horizontal songs. 
Give me a vertical song. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Agnes Day. I exalt thee. Those are vertical songs because we're singing this way. We're not singing and telling about the Lord. We're singing to him. Those songs usually have things like you, me, I, I love you, um, you are worthy, those kind of things. Then if you break down vertical songs, there are two types of vertical songs. There's the prayer songs. Give me a vertical prayer song. Closer. Closer. Nothing else. It's a vertical. I'm singing to the Lord, but it's prayer oriented. I'm asking for something. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. We're asking the Holy Spirit to come be a part of us in our service, to fill the atmosphere, to fill the hearts in the room. It's a prayer song. Then there's the worship vertical songs. Those songs are the ones that are straight to him. Name one. Worthy of it all. Somebody said, I exalt thee a little while ago. What? I sing praises. Worship vertical songs. I've been known, been called the ministry Nazi before. (laughs) Because I'm, hmm, you know. But uh, my goal, when I I don't pick sets anymore. (laughs) He's got it now. Um, But my goal was always to get to a vertical worship song at the end of our worship services. Now, if Pastor Carl would say, hey, look, we're, I'm going to be preaching on this and I need you to do Blessed Assurance, like Chris asked Cody just recently. I need you to do Blessed Assurance. We would do the worship set and then we would tag on the Blessed Assurance to it to, to accommodate whatever the pastor wanted us to do. That relationship between the worship leader and the pastor is so vital because if the worship leader is bringing to the congregation a, an atmosphere or a... Um, songs, themes that are not in line with the pastor's vision, you're going to butt heads and you're going to have conversations like, no, that's not, that's not a prayer song. I want this kind. Brother Carl, Catlinato, um, was my pastor for a very long time. And, um, we were in a, was a 19 week revival with Wayne, brother Wayne Hedrick. Um, every night for 19 weeks, we took off Friday and Saturdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, but it went every night and the worship services were okay, but they weren't really what brother Carl was wanting. So we sit down, brother Carl says, I want revival songs. Okay. What's a revival song to you? I don't know. I just want revival songs. I need something that I said to you want more fast songs. Well, yeah, probably so. That's revival, you know, fast songs. I'm like, okay. And then I started naming some songs. No, that's not a revival song. We could not get on the same page because he wasn't talking my language and I wasn't talking his. We finally came to a solution, Brother Wayne Hedrick helped us. But it was hard for him to communicate what he wanted. And I, I told him at one point, I said, you go find some revival songs that, that really resonate with you and we'll try to pull them off. The problem is when you're in a 19-week revival and you're in church every night, you don't practice. So to, to try to throw in something brand new like that on the team was a little bit challenging. But 
the connection between the worship leader and the pastor, it's got to be a very close relationship. You got to be in each other's lives. And as a pastor, communicate to your worship leader what kind of a temperature. Brother Carl used to say, our worship has to reflect the temperature of our church. Well, is your church a, a very prayer focused and that's you want very pr- prayerful songs? At our church at the time, um, we were growing like crazy and he wanted us to come out the gate blazing with fast songs that all the kids, all the teenagers could jump to and everything. Um, that was the temperature at the time. It changes. There's seasons and we have to change with the seasons. But let's go back to the different song types. Selecting the right songs, like I said, is very important. But as we set the table for the word, we also have to make sure that everything is in its right place. We're going to, well, let me me do this. Creating a flow in worship is highly dependent on where you place the songs and what keys you use. If you're changing key every song, your congregation's going to get a little, it's going to be kind of jagged when you're going through the worship service. Planning songs with the same theme helps. Have you ever planned a set and you're up there leading it and you realize that the last two songs are both about the name of Jesus and you didn't plan it? I've done that. I've been up there like, wow, these two songs really go good together. They're about the name of Jesus. Holy Holy Ghost did that, right? And you're just rejoicing in it. Um, And then plan songs that transition easily, which we're going to talk about that in the, the last session about transitions to help you guys with that. But I want to give you two examples of maybe like not to do worship sets. Can we do that? I call it the stuck in traffic worship service. Okay, ready? Worship service starts out lively, out the gate. Big intro, big ending. Okay. Then it goes to a prayer song. Oh, my God, my God, I need you. Oh, God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Great song. Great intro. Strong ending. Then we go to a worship song that's straight to God. Maybe you throw in your exalty right there. Then you move back to a prayer song, but you change keys to a lower key. Your congregation has gone called stuck in traffic I go a little bit I get the congregation there with me and then I end it yay great song it's okay to end some songs but if you can keep them flowing with some open worship with some wait time in between it gives your congregation a smoother worship experience the stuck in traffic you can be driving along and then all of a sudden, we're gonna, now we're going to hit it big and we're going to go to I Speak Jesus after we just came out of I Exalting. And it takes your congregation to a hard right turn. Placement is very important. Then there's the roller coaster ride. You ever been on one of those worship services? You have any idea what I'm talking about? Probably, right? So you start out steady. I raise a hallelujah. Presence of my enemies. Nice steady start. Then you go up in tempo and dynamics and you come back down to a worshipful song. 
Then you go straight into another song that goes right back up in intensity and dynamics. And then you go to a prayer song. And your congregation just did this. Right? Now, there were times when Brother Carl would come to me and he'd say, look, I want the worship service to end up. You got to know what that means. Kind of, You can get that, right? I want it to end up. So we would start excited because the kids had to jump. So we started excited, you know, and then we always attempted to make sure that we got to the throne room. And then if we put it, wanted to put an I speak Jesus at the end, it brought the it brought it back up. But the whole service wasn't this. Start. Go up or start, and then you're, you're slowing down a little bit into your worship time, giving some space. And then if, you, if, if your pastor says, I need I speak Jesus at the end, and I need you to kick it, don't leave your congregation not having worshiped. Don't leave your congregation hanging. Those two worship services, I kind of can get a little nauseated, you know, roller coaster ride, you know, things like that. Um, Think about this. Once you have gone to the throne room in your set and are giving all to Jesus, you've got the majority of your congregation, they're engaged. Don't make the mistake of bringing that focus back to us. Amen. I'm going to give you one example. I was at a youth conference, and um, oh, I can't remember who was leading. But they were singing, oh, goodness, I think it was, I don't think it was Agnes Day. What was, it was a completely vertical song, had the whole place. And then they ended with No Longer Slaves. The Great I Am. Was it Great I Am? Okay, they were in the Great I Am. Once you're there, it's hard for you to get the people out of the throne room, right? And certain songs, right? When they take you there. And then their last song was No Longer Slaves. And I, I, my heart sank a little bit because... It's a great song, but it took the, all of our focus from the great I am to I am no longer a slave. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that song. It's a great song. But when I take the congregation's focus, I've got them there. That's our goal is that they're, they're singing to him and they're meeting him yeah. to take it back. It's placement. Mm -hmm. If they had just flipped the two songs at the end, it wouldn't have been a problem. It wouldn't have been the experience that I had. So placement is so important. You want to write for me? Let's have some fun. All right. We're going to start out service with I thank God. Yeah, we're writing it. I hope I don't spell anything wrong because I don't have an eraser. So. Okay. And it's in the key of D. I picked the key. I have no idea who could sing this in D, but I just, I would sing it in D. I got this. I got this whole set then. Okay. Okay. I exalt thee. In D. Then we want to raise a hallelujah. That's not wrong. Mm -mm. And then we want. What uh, We in D. We're still in D. 
and then no longer slaves. Oh, yeah, we're going to need something to erase. Yeah. Okay. Notice that the keys are all the same, so you could flow real easy into one song, into the next, right? Okay. Technically, yeah. Okay. I thank God the youth can jump. They have a ball, right? Even some of the old people would bounce, right? I bounce. That's why I said that. Um, then we're going to, what's I exalted? What do we say? Horizontal or vertical? vertical? It's vertical. So now we're jumping right in. We're going to the throne room. Then raise a hallelujah. What is that horizontal or vertical? Think about the lyrics. It's horizontal. So I've been, I exalt thee, I exalt thee. Then I'm starting to say, now I'm raising a hallelujah. Back to us, right? And then no longer slaves, again, slower song, but still about us. So I've taken my congregation on a journey of excitement to be in church. God, you are holy. I exalt you to singing about me again. The only problem with this set is placement. So what would you do? Yeah. Yeah. And raise the hallelujah second. Yeah. Tempo, um, the type of song it is. It's not hard to do, but sometimes we don't think that way. We just think, hey, we learned raise the hallelujah. We want to put it in. But where should I put it in? Where should it be placed? Um, okay, let's do another one. I'm going to write a little smaller. I'm going to write the script this time. Yeah, for real. He looks like that. You bought a lot. All right, here, just write. Where my left hand? That one was also a roller coaster ride. Okay, do this one. You can just write it. And some of these might be extreme. I don't know if anybody puts I exalt the second. You know, but it's just to make a point. But I have been in worship service where, where, you know, it just made my heart sad that we were so engaged with the throne room and in there, and then it brought it back to focus on us. So it's it was, you know, it's not wrong. It's not horrible. It's just preparing your worship sets. Where do you want to take your congregation? Where do you want that? Where you want to be at the end of that worship service? Do you want just the first three rows engaged? Or do you want to try to reach the rest of the congregation? It just depends on, on your focus and where you want to take that congregation. All right. We got here for you. Y'all know these songs kind of like we are here for you. We are yeah, right. And then great I am. Um, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And amazing grace. What is amazing grace? Horizontal or vertical? Horizontal. It's horizontal. So look at the keys. I'm stuck in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck in traffic. Then I gotta stop, I gotta change. And unless you you really got really cool transitions, which some of y'all probably do. Circle of fifth, baby. Yeah. There you go. Um, but how, how, what would you do to this so you get out of traffic? Well, well just you would, okay. 
That would help. That would give you a smoother ride instead of getting stuck. And try to plan your sets where you're not stopping and starting. Or put let me let me back that up. Where you're where you're where you're flowing and keeping it going more often than you have to stop and start. Like if you want to you want to hear for you start and stop that with a cool intro and outro, then fine. You 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 getting them. There's still people just arriving in service, right? There's kid, you know, there's people bringing their kids to the nursery and the, and the kids hanging on the mama and all, you know. So they're just coming in there. But um, so start and give it a cool ending. Give everybody excited and clapping and drums going and everything. But when you get down further, you want to make sure that you keep it, try to keep it as seamless as possible to make that flow. Where, if you change that, like y'all mentioned, where would you put some wait time? Holy Spirit. Spirit, That would be a really good place for wait time. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, but we're not going to stop and let you do anything. We're just going to keep saying, right? We're keeping rolling. There are times when you plan a set, you're not going to sing every song. If your congregation, for some reason, that morning is engaging on Holy Spirit, they need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's moving. Then you stay there. Keep them, as long as you can keep them engaged. Stay there. You don't have to. Well, we've got one more song I have planned. <laughs> you know, the booth is not going to know what to do if I don't go to that last song. That kind of thing. Stay where, stay where you get engaged. Yeah. You may end up doing two songs and, and having some wait time, having some open worship time, having maybe some prayer in between the songs, exhorting and keeping your people engaged. I think also a good wait time there is if you need to do a key change. Get a paper. Like, end the song, coming on the one, you're in the boom, boom, you're in D, right? And then, woo, you're on page, hang on the one. And before you make the transitions, exhort the congregation, get them, pray, come on, let, let's, let's, like that song, Holy Spirit, let's welcome him. Come on, just, let, can, just in your own heart, welcome him. And then you cue the, their key change and never go into, I don't know, F. It's an ugly key change. I don't like to plan that key change a lot. But if you need right. to make a harsh key change like that, Getting the congregation engaged. Come on, let's, let's let's just thank him for his presence this morning. Let's go to F. Even the weird transition. Right. Right. That's how you disguise it. Right. Okay. Exactly. Good. I uh, also would encourage you every four to six months. I don't even know if it should be that long, but I do it every at a minimum every twenty weeks because planning center only lets me keep twenty four past weeks. Okay. So what? Like what is that? That's at least a minimum three times a year. I'm doing right. It. You're looking through your repertoire. And looking at your song sets. You know how Chris said something about, oh, the band's getting played out, but the pastor wants this song every week? <laughs> you know, well, we're going to give it to him every week. That's what he wants. Um, but looking at your repertoire and looking at I used to look at it and go, okay, we're singing the same five opening songs that really, really, you know, get our congregation kicking. I need to look for some openers. Yeah, right. Right. That's where I'm going if I'm going searching for music. Then there were times when, man, we've got like three great ending songs. I, I need some ending songs. I need to go find some. I need to go listen. What are you listening to? 
you need to and and see and see how often you're repeating things. Yeah. On that note, um, <clears throat> I don't know if your pastor does this. If your pastor didn't do it, um, I like to look back at my sermons, and I'm doing. I'm trying to do a year out now, so it's a little different. But <clears throat> I would look back and see what when I was in youth. I'd look back and see what have I been preaching on, because I didn't want <coughs> to have great biceps and bird legs. <laughs> it's the same thing in worship. Yeah. Where right. if if all I'm singing is prayer songs, yeah. right, right, then we're going to be really great at pursuing Jesus and going after Jesus and hosting His presence. Mm-hmm. But I will have no concept of what the joy of the Lord feels like. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good thought. Right. That is good. If I only sing, I thank God. I won't know how to actually mm-hmm. pursue Him through anything. Yeah. Because I'm just so happy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're not careful, we're going to sing. And here's the thing. Your church is going to like certain songs because it's the vibe and the right. spirit and the heart of your church. That doesn't mean you don't still need to add a song that they may not get all jacked up for, but they still need it for the balancing out. Don't skip leg day. In your worship right. session, you don't yeah, skip leg day. <laughs> Make sure you're, you're working out the legs. <laughs> so I, I, if you can start looking at when you're planning your song sets with some of these thoughts in mind, vertical, horizontal, is it prayer? Am I singing to God? Uh, what a beautiful name. That's not talking about me at all. You know, that, that, that doesn't, it doesn't involve me, except that I know it's, you have no rival. You have no equal. It's straight to God. Yeah. If you start looking at your planning with some of these nuts and bolts, it's going to change your worship. Yeah. It's going to change your worship. Can I give a shout out? Mm-hmm. We came here, what was the first night? Monday night, right? The set was originally going to be mm-hmm. the top song, uh, Waymaker, Break Every Chain. And Jessica runs up to us and she's like, hey, I was looking over the set this week. This makes way more sense if we flip two Those and two. Three. And literally just the flip from making Break Every Chain second, making Waymaker last. We ended here, and Jessica like saw that and told the whole team, like you can make those last minute adjustments. I can't tell you how many times where I've been like, look, on a Sunday morning, we're like, you know what? I don't know why. Maybe it was one of the four kids freaking out when I was putting this in planning center, and blah blah. I didn't catch this. I can't sing this in this key. I've literally done that. <laughs> I put a song in a key where I'm like, I, you know what? Caitlin was spoke. I thought I looked at. Next week, she's not even on the schedule. This week, we can't sing Hallelujah. I need to go change this, and I had to go flip the keys. Sorry, man, but like. Like, it's okay to make those adjustments. Like, it's okay to be vulnerable with the team. Be like, hey, I made a boo-boo. I need to flip these two songs. Right, right. right. So, like I said, all the nuts and bolts, like I said, it's going to change your worship. It's going to change your corporate worship. But just a couple of takeaways from our session is planning a worship service. Of course, it takes prayer. It takes commitment. It takes being a worshiper behind the scenes before ever leading a congregation in worship. Um, knowing your pastor's heart concerning worship is a must. You've got to get his heartbeat. You've got to get his, his focus. And sometimes you're going to be able to help him with his focus yeah. because you're going to bring, if your relationship is developing, he's going to hear you. He's going to want to hear you. Brother Carl is famous for this. Ready? <laughs> and we'd say something to him and he'd tilt his head and look at you like, what? Right. Yep. <laughs> he wasn't understanding, but he would think about it and he would receive it from me and he'd go, okay, I- I'm going to think about that. 
because he didn't quite get it at first because I was talking musical. But our relationship, he's like a father to me. And our relationship was such, and it took work. We had to develop that work relationship. It's not just going to happen. You may need to pursue your pastor. You may need to pursue him and say, hey, I need to get with you. What you feeling? What are you sensing in the spirit right now with the congregation? And talk to him and, and get his insight. Um, knowing the place of worship of your congregation and the season that your church is in. Chris mentioned that we need encouragement <laughs> at our church because our roof blew off and we can't be in our building. We're not home. We're meeting in a, on a college uh, campus right now. So it feels weird because we're not home. But this is the season we're in, so we're going to help our congregation maneuver this season in the spirit the best way we can and committing that to prayer and committing that to songs that are going to help our congregation get encouraged again. Yeah. Um, and then I'll close with this. Uh, I, how many of you know Ken Henry? Amen. Ken Henry? Ken Henry said it best. Um, he said, planned spontaneity. Yeah. 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 Yep. Planned spontaneity. He said, I was in a, a, a meeting, a, a, a seminar with him, and when he started talking about this, I think I did Brother Carl. When I kind of tilted my head like that. But um, plan spontaneity. Ask God for the plan for the service. Ask God for the plan. Song set, keys, themes. Ask him what he wants. Then plan to be spontaneous, allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way. And if you don't get to the last song, it's okay. Even though you practice it and it's in your key. <laughs> It's okay if you don't go to it. Mm-hmm. Um, get your, your goal is to get the congregation engaged. Your goal is to set the table so the word can be served. Whether it's your pastor preaching a sermon or coming up and saying, okay, we, the Holy Spirit wants to heal. We're, having, we're going straight to an altar call right now. You're setting the table, setting the atmosphere so the Holy Spirit can do those things in people's lives. Yeah. So... Thank you for giving me your time. Oh, I have five minutes? You sure? Oh, okay. Questions? I didn't know I had minutes. Anybody have any questions? Okay. Anybody got any questions? Do you have any thoughts about uh, placement of the worship set? Um, you know, sort of the common, the common order of worship is, you know, you come in and we have a half an hour of singing worship mm-hmm. we have an intermission then we have a sermon and we have a final song or something like that that's kind of typical but what if you flip it around do you have any thoughts about that where you start with an opening worship song go into the sermon <coughs> and then you've got your half hour worship set we have done that does that change your parking lot to throne rooms set if you're going to, like you just said if you're going to open with a worship song that's going to be something to get everybody's attention we are here for you um, what did we do last? Was it last night? Joy, uh, there's joy in the house, house of the Lord. That's a great opening song. You would get everybody, they're engaged, like they're waiting for it. And then you, you want to come up and do the message. Your congregation's going to go, huh? What are we doing? Wait, this isn't normal. What's happening? But it's a great change. We've done it. Um, but I would plan that opening song to get everybody engaged. And then my, my half hour, if it's my half hours at the end, it'd be the same type thing. I might, in that situation, 
find out what the message is and gear my set to close his message. I've seen you do this before where um, you do the opening the <laughs> pastor comes up, greets everybody, we're actually doing something different, find your seats, we're going to speak. He speaks and the message is on whatever it's on and you come up soft behind like an altar and in, instead of another fast song, you sit and you build into a big releasing on the back end of the service yes. where everybody's leaving yes. charged up. Yes. Like revert, almost completely reversing the whole service order, right? right. Like I've, we've done that before where it's coming up at the altar, whether it's salvation, healing, or deliver, whatever it is, you're coming up with that altar call song, it's the, the, you know, the soft, and then you build into a worship, and then you leave celebrating. Like it right. just depends on the direction. Right, it depends. goes back to like the direction, the, the, where you want to get. Sometimes the direction of the service does change, and that's okay. Yeah. But it has right. to be like that, in my like in my experience, it has to be communicated. Right, and like, that goes back. Change to the direction. We normally the throne room is the direction, but now we want to go to whatever. Like that has to be communicated, and that goes back to the relationship with your pastor. Like you need right. like you need to talk to. Him. Yeah, but switching it up, I love things like that. Absolutely. We don't we don't do it all that often, but we've done it, and I, I love change like that. How do you balance uh, really good like classic songs, like rich theological songs? And the flavor of the week, you know, how do you balance getting older songs and freshening them up, or the newer songs, and kind of resist the temptation to just look at the top ten? You know, right, right, right. Um, we're going to do more of that in the next session. We're going to just fool with that a little bit, but um, okay. Right. I like to. Um, I of course he's my brother and he's my pastor, so I also adore hymns. Um, I also am responsible for bringing in the new stuff that he ignores. So, um, <laughs> what I like to do, what I like to do, is I like to match new modern songs with easy to sing hymn parts of hymns, mm-hmm. and get them familiar with the chorus of Blessed Assurance or the chorus of How Great Thou Art, or right. one verse of In Christ Alone, or you know, like pull or do like instead of a verse to a modern song, you throw a come thou come come. Come that fountain, thank you. Good. You throw one verse that fits the theme of that song, and then you leave the rest of the song alone. They become familiar with this is my story, this is my song. Then a week later, or two weeks, once they're familiar with it, then you throw in the whole rich theological verse in Christ alone. And I'll, like, for example, if you have any help on a hymn, plan to go to the bridge of What a Beautiful Name. If you're in 4 4. So, yes. like, there's certain. <laughs> yes. But, like, yes. Yes. 3 4 and 6 8, you can kind of get creative yeah, with yeah, it and flip yeah. them, right? So, if you have Blessed Assurance, there's some vertical yeah. 6 8 songs that you can bring in with it to where, like, you know what? Sometimes we do a hymn and we do lose the congregation. But we have a place that I know. I know they know Great Are You Lord. So, I know that if we go to Great Are You Lord, I know, guess what? It's in 6 8. I can flip from this song to 6 8. Boom, we're in it now. Yep. So like, but familiarize them with parts of hymns that they might not know instead of and just, introducing all four yeah. verses. Ease it, ease it in. Gradually introduce it to them. For more information on our annual conferences, including our leadership conference, women's conference, men's conference, youth leader intensive, and youth camps and conferences, visit nrpastors.com. To check out all of our podcasts, including the Leadership and Context podcast by Keith Tusi, the Flourish Women's podcast by Penny Tusi, and the podcast for all of our conferences, click on the podcast tab on our website. We can't wait to see you at one of our conferences soon.